In this week's episode, I'm going to be focusing on what it takes to be present. A balanced life is a present life. You want to be present for all of the milestones that your kids will meet. You want to be present for the successes that you experience in your job. You want to experience all of the joy that comes from the life that you're creating. Oftentimes, as ambitious working moms, we struggle with being present because we're doers and we go, 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 and we have so many plates swirling in the air. And so in this episode, I want to break down exactly what it means to be present, the two most common things that take us away from being present, and then give you five very practical strategies for becoming a present working mom. You ready? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Ambitious and Balanced Working Mom Podcast, the place for women who want to balance their ambitious career goals with their life as a mom. If you're looking to feel more confident, decisive, and productive at both work and home, then this is the place for you. I'm your host, Rebecca Olson. Let's get to it. All right, working moms, we're going to talk about a subject today that often goes hand in hand when I'm talking to someone about creating balance, and that is being present. A balanced life is a present life. You have to be living in the moment if you're going to be experiencing balance in your life. Your brain can't be stuck in the office or replaying a conversation that you had over and over again or thinking about what needs to get done or the food you're going to cook later. A balanced life is one that you feel very present in. So here's how I define present. Being present is when your brain and your body are in the same place at the same time. Being present is when your thoughts are focused on the actual moment and are not reliving the past or thinking about the future. So being present really has more to do with your brain and your thoughts more than anything else, because usually your body is in fact present. It's right where it is. It's standing in front of your child or it's sitting at your desk. It's your brain that is often somewhere else. So the goal of being present is getting your brain to be in the same place with your body. Now, the reason this is so important is that the present moment is the only moment that you really have to live. You can't relive your past. Your future is unknown. The present moment is really the only moment that you have that you can derive joy. And so for every single woman that I work with, when they talk about the kind of mom that they want to be, they often use the word present. They want to be present with their kids, and yet the most common thing I hear from ambitious women is that when they're at work, they're thinking about their kids, and when they're at home, they're thinking about work, and when they're at their park with the kids, they're thinking about what they have to make for dinner. Their body is there, but their mind is elsewhere. And for us as ambitious women, we tend to be do-do-doers. We tend to go-go-go. We have a lot of plates swirling in the air, and so our brain is often focused on not letting any of those plates drop rather than being connected and focused on the usually the human, the child, the family member that happens to be in front of us. As ambitious working moms, 
the goal is really twofold. It's to have a successful career and to have a happy home life. When we're at work, we have to feel like we're 100% in and focused. That's how we become productive and efficient. It's it's how we stop second-guessing ourselves and we get to speak up. We become more decisive. We have to be 100% present in what we're doing. That's really where success is going to lie for us in our career. And then a happy home life is one that you're not just around for, but you're experiencing. Ultimately, it doesn't matter if you have one hour or you have three hours with your kids when you get home from work. If you're not really 100% focused and present with what's happening with them, the amount of time is ultimately irrelevant. As working moms, we want to be present in both our work life when we're at work and then our home life when we're at home. A balanced life is a present life. Okay. So I really want to jump into talking about what causes us to not be present and then ultimately what we can do about it. There are really two things that keep us from being present, and I'm going to introduce each of them with an example from one of my clients. So I have this client, Jen. She's a financial planner. She's been doing it for 15 years. She loves it. But before her kids were born, she would work between 50, 55 hours a week. But with the two kids now, she just doesn't really want to do that. But the problem is that she never really has time then to finish her work. She never really gets through her to-do list. When she leaves her home office and walks out to be with her family, she feels completely overwhelmed with all of the things that she didn't get done. And she kind of describes it as being never-ending, right? She she jumps into time with her family and dinner, and she's completely distracted because she didn't send that email or she didn't get that document over by the end of the day. And oftentimes, to make up for it, she just works late after all of the kids go to bed, sometimes till midnight, one, two in the morning. But that makes her tired and, of course, way less productive the next day. So... In this example, really the first thing that I want to talk about are mental distractions. Mental distractions are one of the things that really cause us to not be present. So with this client, her to-do list was constantly in her head, weighing her down emotionally. And that's why I like to call it a mental distraction. It's not the to-do list in and of itself that's distracting her. It's the fact that she can't take her brain off of it and all of the feelings that are coming with not being able to get through that list or meet the deadlines or all of the unfinished things that she leaves at the end of a day. So mental distractions are simply the things that you can't shake from your brain that often carry a lot of emotion with them. So the most common mental distractions I hear from the clients I work with are things like a never-ending to-do list, which oftentimes makes you feel like you're not enough or you're inadequate, a looming deadline, like a big project that is upcoming, and that often carries with it this fear of failing, not being good enough, difficult conversations with their boss or team or coworkers, just some sense of relational discord. And oftentimes that's because it brings about this sense of disappointment or fear that you're disappointing someone else or their fear that they're disappointing you. All of that tends to weigh on us. Childcare coordination is another mental distraction that a lot of working moms deal with since 
childcare coordination often falls on the female of the family, it brings a lot of anxiety and guilt if you don't have a situation for your kids that you feel really, really good about. You don't have a, a nanny you love or a daycare you love or you're trying to figure out where to put your kids for the summer. All of that carries a lot of emotion and weight and guilt with it if you're not feeling really on top of it or you're feeling not so good about the situation. Inequitable household duty split is another mental distraction because it brings a lot of resentment toward your partner or your spouse when you feel like you're doing all of the household things to to run the ship, to take care of the kids or whatnot. That often falls on the female and they end up doing a lot of those tasks during their workday. And so that tends to bring about a lot of feelings taking us out of the moment and bringing about those circular feelings of resentment. And then lastly, a mental distraction that I often hear from my clients are just decisions, unmade decisions, things that are kind of out there that they haven't really figured out yet. Sometimes these are big things like I was talking about before, like childcare or having to figure out what to do with your kids or that sort of thing, what school to send your child to, you know, for kindergarten, those kinds of things that come up, big things. These could also be really little things too, just how am I going to approach that conversation with somebody or what's the best way to do that particular task? When we don't, we haven't decided something, it tends to stick in our brain and we tend to mull it over and it brings about this feeling of anxiety or nerves, oftentimes because we fear failing. All right, so let's talk about the second thing that often gets in the way from being present. So the first was mental distractions. The second is physical distractions. My client, Cheryl, can't let go of how messy the house always feels. She has three kids. She does most of the caretaking in the family. And the house is just a mess. So she is someone that really values a lot of order and structure, and so she finds it really hard to function in a messy house. And when she's really trying to spend time with the kids and she looks around at the mess and all of the things that have to get done, she just can't focus. So it becomes this constant cycle of trying to let it go and then getting frustrated and then wildly cleaning everything and then feeling guilty because she's not taking time with her kids and then getting frustrated again and cleaning again. It starts this entire cycle over and over and over again. Or there is my client, Elena, who really wants to get to bed on time because When she gets to bed on time, that makes it easier for her to wake up early and work out and have a little time for herself before her daughter gets up. And so she's trying to get to bed by 9.30. But what tends to happen is that she has a really long day. Then there's taking care of the baby. And then there's the bottles. And there's all these other things. And so by the time she crawls into bed, she might get there in a semi-decent time, but then she wants to spend some time with herself. And so she ends up sitting on her phone and she scrolls and she scrolls and she checks TikTok and then she checks Facebook. And sometimes she checks her work email and she answers emails and she just sits on her phone until she gets so frustrated with herself that she finally goes to bed. So these are both examples of physical distractions. So for Cheryl, it was a messy house and the constant household chores that needed to get done. And then for Elena, it was literally the physical phone that she was holding. Physical distractions are literally the things that you can touch or see with your eyes. You kind of, you can use your senses to look at them or feel them, right? These distractions tend to derail our physical body, where the mental distractions tend to derail our mental body, right? So 
These ones are the ones that pull our body out of the present moment so that we either go do something else completely or when it comes to something like technology or our phone or social media, it doesn't take our physical body somewhere, but it takes like our energetic body, if you will, out into the internet somewhere, into a whole different space, if you will, that's not right here. So obviously in the age of technology, our phones and our computers are some of the biggest distractions that we face when trying to be present. Clicking that little round button as you pass by your phone while it sits in the kitchen as you are passing through just to go see what your kids are doing, because maybe somebody sent you a message or something, that's a distraction, right? It pulls your attention away from the present moment. Sometimes it derails you all together and you get a message. Now you're standing there for a minute answering a message when you told your kid you would be there in just a moment, right? So sometimes it literally takes you away from the present moment. But this could also be something like you see the trash can needs to be taken out or you see that unfinished project lying around and you start to tinker with it or that to-do list that might sit out on your counter that you just constantly keep checking every time you walk by. These are all physical distractions, the things that you can see and feel and connect with in your body. I mean, even as I am writing this podcast and recording this podcast, I am finding myself very distracted by my phone, so much so that I have literally just gotten up and put it on the other side of the room so I don't go into default mode and pick it up and push the little round button and check the notification and see who has just messaged me, right? I struggle with this too. Now, a study was done by the University of California in Irvine, and they found that with every distraction that we allow, we lose almost 25 minutes of productivity. So it's not just 30 seconds to check Facebook. It's 25 minutes and the 30 seconds because we have to include the loss of time from derailing our mental concentration and focus. So although we often talk about being present as being something we want as moms, being present and minimizing distractions at work is something that we desperately want so that we become more effective with our time, we're more productive, and we work less. Now remember, the entire goal of being present is to get your brain and your body in the same place at the same time. So your brain gets taken away by mental distractions and your body by physical ones. So let's move into talking about how we want to curb these distractions to help us be present. So with mental distractions, there are three things that I want to touch on to really help you curb these type of distractions. The first is needing to get out of your head whatever is in your head. So I like to just call this a thought download. If you find that you have a lot swirling about in your brain, just taking five minutes or less to simply write it all down. You don't even have to keep the piece of paper. You can just write it on a scratch piece of paper, but to just literally get it all out of your brain and put it somewhere else, it creates space for you to start being present again. So it gets all of those things that are grabbing all of your attention that your brain is trying to hold on to, and it gets them out of your brain space and puts them into a different space, almost like a completely different container, so that you could start to think clearly. Sometimes you take some of those things, you might do something with them. You might schedule something or send a quick message or something that you need to follow up on. But that that's less of the point here. More, it's about needing to clear out the headspace. And to do that, sometimes we just need to get 
whatever is in our head out of our head. So the second thing that we want to do to really help clear up the mental distractions is to start processing some of those emotions that come with them. Simply taking a moment and assessing what is it you're actually feeling right now, right here. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling stressed? Are you feeling exhausted? What's the dominant feeling? And then what does it feel like in your body? Because what we're doing is we're, we're not just acknowledging the emotion, we're also bringing our brains focused to the physical body, which is literally bringing your brain and your body to the same place at the same time. When we take our brain and we start focusing on the physical sensations of our emotions. So really, this is just about taking a couple of really deep breaths and bringing your awareness to how the emotion feels, the sensation, where maybe you're carrying it in your body, taking a moment to roll those shoulders if it's in your shoulders or roll the neck and begin to let that emotion be processed out. The third thing that you can really do to help curb mental distractions, particularly at the end of the workday, is create a work-to-home transition. Now, I'm going to link up episode seven because that's when I talk all about the work-to-home transition, and I want you to have really easy access to that, so check the notes for that. But in essence, what I dive into in that episode and what's important about this is that you kind of go through all of your unfinished tasks, the things that you didn't quite accomplish at work, and you begin to create a plan for how you're going to handle them. So you take the unfinished tasks and you move them to a to-do list, or you take unfinished projects and you put them in your calendar. A lot of times our brain likes to hold on to these unfinished tasks and projects and emotions because we simply haven't dealt with them yet. We haven't created a plan for how we're going to finish that project or have that conversation or we need to remember to send that email or whatever it is. And so our brain just keeps reminding us of it so that we don't forget to handle it. And so it thinks it's kind of working for us. So in the work-to-home transition, what you're doing is you're creating space for you to handle everything that feels unfinished before you come home so it doesn't distract you. When it comes to physical distractions, there are really two things that I want you to do. The first is to, to really deal with technology. I mean, you control technology. It does not control you. It cannot operate, generally speaking, without your little hands touching it somehow. So even though we kind of wish that we had the self-control to manage our technology use, the reality is most of us don't. And so it isn't a fight worth fighting. Instead, what you want to do is just remove the distraction altogether. So when you are spending that quality time with your family, your phone or your computer should be turned off or it should be found in some other room, right? There are all sorts of apps that can help you limit your technology, but I really have found the number one thing that you can do is to simply turn it off or remove it all together. So limiting your technology and finding some strategies for you is going to help you eliminate that as a physical distraction. The second thing that you can do, and it's a little trick that I give some of my clients, is to use a timer. When we want to clean the house or we want to take care of some household duty and we don't want to be distracted by all of the other things that we have to go on, right? We know that we want to play with our kids, but we also know that we need to do all of these dishes or get something done, what you can do is you can set a timer, which is going to create a little container for you to tell you how long you're going to spend doing something. So you can either take that timer and turn it on 
and say, I'm going to spend the next 20 or 30 minutes playing with my kid. And then when I'm done, I'm going to get up and I'm going to make dinner or I'm going to do the dishes or whatever. Or you do it the opposite and you say, I'm going to set this timer for 20 or 30 minutes and I'm going to blitz the house as much as possible. And when I'm done, however much I get done when the timer goes off is it. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to focus on my kid and I'm going to give them undivided attention. So the goal here is to create a bit of a container for your brain. So whenever your brain wants to say, oh, you really need to go clean that, you can go, yes, I'm going to get to that in just a few minutes when the timer goes off. And so you have a space, you've determined a plan for how to take care of it. And your brain kind of settles down a little bit and it distracts you less because it knows that just in a few moments, you're going to go take care of that. So essentially you're creating this container of time and deciding ahead of time how much time you want to spend doing one particular task. All right, working moms. So remember, balanced life is a present life. I've given you five different strategies here to help you really minimize both your mental and physical distractions because you can't make everyday memories with your family if you are not fully focused on them. You can't be productive with your time if you're constantly distracted by your phone or unfinished projects. And the goal here for us as ambitious working moms is to have a very present and also a regret-free life. When you're present, you are making the memories with your family. You're going on adventures. You're having fun. When you are present, you're enjoying life. You're filling yourself up with the love and the positivity that you get from your family. And these are the same goals that I have for every working mom that joins the Ambitious and Balanced Working Mom Collective. Now, this is a lifetime group coaching program that teaches you the foundation of creating work-life balance and then gives you the support through coaching and through the collective community to implement it in your own life. The collective will be opening its doors in late June, but if you join the waitlist, you're going to have access to some very special waitlist-only bonuses. So you can check all of that out at RebeccaOlsonCoaching.com forward slash collective. I will have a link to that in the show notes as well. So you can simply click on one of those join now buttons on the collective page and put your name on that free waitlist. I cannot wait to see you all there and begin supporting you all individually and as a group together, creating a community of working moms that are all about fulfilling their career goals while still being amazing, wonderful moms. All right, ladies, I can't wait to connect with you all next week. Stay present and let's get to it. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. If you're looking to create a life where your career and your home life never feel at odds, where you're working less, but achieving at the same level, a life without regret where you know that you're doing exactly what you want to be doing and never missing out on your kid's life, then let me introduce you to the Ambitious and Balanced Working Mom Collective. This is a group of ambitious working moms who believe that work-life balance is possible for them and they're committed to creating it. The program includes 30 short videos and workbooks that will teach you how to create the building blocks of a balanced life, as well as weekly group coaching and in-depth support within a Facebook community. Oh, and did I mention that when you join the collective, you get lifetime access? 
That means you have access to coaching and material to help support your balanced life in every season. The Ambitious and Balanced Collective launches in June, but you can get a sneak peek of what to expect and get some pretty sweet bonuses if you join early. You can find all of the information on my website, www.rebeccaolsoncoaching.com forward slash coaching.